Imagine completing a PhD, realizing you're on the wrong career path, then dropping everything to become an Android developer. Hi, my name's Kelvin. Today, Patrick and I are talking to Anki Ann, host of the Brisbane Mobile App Meetup, organizer of this year's DevFest Brisbane, and apps engineering principal at NCS Australia. For this episode, we are running an experiment and splitting it into two parts. This week, we discuss Anki's journey from completing his PhD to becoming an Android developer, comparing traditional education to online courses like Coursera and Udacity, techniques on breaking into the industry with no experience, and whether or not all developers should eventually become managers. Then next week, in part two, we're going to cover all things running a meetup and the upcoming DevFest Brisbane. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. It uh, should be same time next week. All right, and we're live. Well, we're not live. We're, <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> Surprise, eh? <laughs> we're, we're actually live. Before that, can I ask you guys, like, have you submitted the, the talks for the DevFest? <laughs> no, but I will. <laughs> I, you know me. I always do this at the last minute. So I'm actually tossing up between... <laughs> three different talks do them all <laughs> well it, but it's a matter of what i have time to prepare oh, well yeah. yeah let's dive into uh, like the start topic for today and then we'll swing back to DevFest, and you can give us a bit of a rundown on how it works and like what people should be doing and how they can attend as like a final shout out at the end so anki thank you for joining us Pat and I are super excited to have you on the show today. So, Angie, you've got a super interesting background, and I really want to dive into it today. I remember when I first looked at your LinkedIn profile, and you have a PhD in mechanical engineering, <laughs> and then got into Android development, and have been running a meetup for the past seven, six and a half, seven years. And so, I'd, I'd love to talk mm. about your history a little bit, and then we really want to dive deep on meetups and what it's like running them I've, I've got a bunch of questions on just the, the highs and lows some stories you've got behind it the motivations of why you would run a meetup and yeah it, as, as much as you're you're willing to share on that topic yeah thanks for inviting me yeah so where do i start yeah so as you mentioned yeah i do have a phd i didn't start in the it background but before i went to the university i think in china like where you before you go to the university, you have to like choose the, which university you go to, what, what kind of like degree you want to get. Do you want to get an IT degree or engineering degree? So that's before you know the, your exam score. So I chose to be in IT in like a university, but then like in that year it was super co competitive and I really, I didn't really get into IT then. So. <clears throat> Then I started learning like air conditioning stuff. Uh, so I came to study master's degree at UQ in mechanical engineering. And after that, oh, I fell. <laughs> yeah. I just need to ask you a question. So did you say air conditioning? So you started down <laughs> in within like, so mechanical engineering field in China in the field of air conditioning? Yeah. Air uh, before conditioning. coming over to UQ? Yeah. So I think the, the, the right term is HVEC. Yeah. Then when I yes. came to oh, yeah. yeah when I came to Australia there isn't like a, a degree just for that it's like a mechanical engineering electrical so I chose to study mechanical 
yeah, it was it was good. But then when I graduated, I felt like I wasn't ready for job for, for like to work in the real industry. So I started doing PhD. Then my topic was topic was like carbon dioxide capture. So it's more like chemical engineering. <laughs> That's interesting. That's it. Yeah. So carbon dioxide capture. So like, did you continue on in that field when you were doing the rest yeah. of the mechanical engineering? Like uh, you're still looking at like the mechanics of HVAC systems? No. So like the master's degree was just like for two years. So I finished that. Then I did started doing the PhD in chemical engineering. Then it lasted, I think, four years. So at that time, I think global warming, climate change was super hot. So I thought like I would have a career for 30 years. But then, no, I didn't. So I think I can't remember when LMP took the <laughs> government. <laughs> so I think right after I oh, uh, finished my PhD, then... I started doing research at UQ. I think the first like uh, first research project was three years or something. So as a researcher, like you are not yep. permanent. So they always like give you contracts. Normally, I think it's good. If it's good, yep. like you can get renewed, etc. But then because of the OMP government, my contracts went from three years to one and a half to one year to six months to every three months. <laughs> Then I was like, oh, well, this is not going, <laughs> yeah, this is not going well. And the, the other reason is like, I don't think I'm like a research material. I always like go there at nine, leave around four or five, and I don't really do much work afterwards. And I think, yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I won't be able to go anywhere if I like, keep doing that. So I think the final straw was like the, the last project I did with chemical engineering school then it was with the mining industry. And at that time, the mining was not doing well as well. So then, then I was like, mm. well, I want to, what's hard now? I think it's IT. Then I, I didn't know a lot about IT and I didn't know anyone who is like doing IT as a job. So I was like, I think I know Android. So I had an Android phone. I was like, and I didn't like iPhone then. So I was like, <laughs> I want to become an Android developer and I can make apps and have a global impact. So I did a course with Udemy, no, not Udemy, Udacity. It's a paid course. I really enjoyed that course. Like, I think it's not super expensive. Then they give you the online materials. Then there is also like an online platform or forum. You can ask questions. And I think the best thing for me is like there is a one, like one-on-one -on -one session with the tutor. I think. I can't remember. I think it's once per week, and that really helps me. So See, I think that's pretty I good. That. An online course. Yeah. yeah, that was really good. So I think that's... I did that for four months. Then, then I started yeah. like trying was to that, get how, how how intensive was it? For me, it was very intensive because was that I four was months doing... pretty full on. For me, it was like I was doing full time. So I think I finished my. My project worked with the UQ, then I wasn't doing anything else. I just went to the libraries, like the Brisbane City Council libraries everywhere, uh, depending on where I was. Then, yeah that, yeah, that time was really tough because I don't have like a fixed desk. So, because um, my, my wife, Natty, she recently did a Coursera course online for UX, UI, UX and product design. And I will say that was... It took her about a year doing it part-time, but the quality of the content sh she learned was better than a lot of the 
content that I'd seen universities teaching in the same field when I was there. It was just hyper-relevant to the industry. They cut out all of the craft and just gave you, or just gave her exactly what she needed to be able to start working in the field. And then she can learn more. Like she taught her how to use Figma, taught her all the, the UI, UX design processes, the flows, covered the main software. And I was just so impressed that, for, you know, for a course that was $50 a month for the subscription, for like the Coursera subscription fee, mm-hmm. yeah. the quality of the education was just brilliant. How, how did yeah. you find that Udacity nanodegree, like compared to, well, how well did you, not compared to anything, but did you find it prepared you quite well to then get a job in industry? <laughs> I think that's what they claim to be, because uh, I think if yeah. you don't know, yeah, if you don't know how to program, people will tell you that oh, you, it's very easy. You can, everyone can program. And I think that's why people start learning, and then they go through all these obstacles. Then they felt like they were depressed because they couldn't go anywhere. But then I think Udacity made people feel that they were able to do something. But then when I actually started working, I was like, nothing I learned before was helpful. But then <laughs> I think the most important thing, they give you enough, like some fundamentals to be able to learn like the real work afterwards. I think that's the most important thing. It's, it's unreasonable that you're going to come out of a four-month course with all of the skills. But like what you yeah. said, being able to have the fundamentals in place so that you can learn on job, like that's a big win in four months. Yeah, yeah. I also did a course with Coursera, the Google Project Management. I, I think I feel the same. It was very practical. It tells you everything you need, like just to start as a very junior project manager. Uh, but I think between like Coursera and Udacity, I, I would say like Udacity is better just because it has like the tutor support and also the forum. The forum yeah. is very well maintained. They always have a very like senior or not senior like experienced tutors there to answer questions. I think Coursera doesn't have the, like the same support. They also have a forum, but I think it's more like for people to to talk and then you guys sort it out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was exactly right. Yeah. I think, and Natty would have really struggled if she didn't have me to lean on for, and like I'm not a UI UX designer, but having been in the field for long enough, I could bridge the gaps. And so she yeah. had me as a, you know, as the substitute tutor. And yeah, I definitely yeah. don't think the course would have been as beneficial for her without that. So that's why I was so surprised when you said there was a one-on-one tutor. That's that's excellent. Mm. Yeah, because I think for me, I still remember the silly questions I asked. Like, you know, like in uh, programming, sometimes they refer the context to this. I was like, what is this like? Then I never saw something like this before. Then I was, uh, then I think those silly things, no, no one asked that like all over a staff flow or somewhere. So if there's someone who can talk to you and answer this, this silly question, it was really helpful. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how somebody can explain the answer to said silly question in, you know, five minutes. But if you could, sp- you could spend days Googling it. Yeah. And not get an answer that explains it to you. Yeah, I guess things are. We were just saying as well how much we love ChatGPT for this too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, yeah, I was going to mention that. I think there is so much support for people now to learn anything. I think we didn't have ChatGPT then there. Otherwise, yeah, I think Mm. it could be much easier. Yeah. Yeah. 
honestly, it's amazing how well it can substitute a real person. It's, you know, you can actually just mm. ask a question or even yeah. on my phone, I use the microphone and ramble out a terribly formed question with corrections yeah. and ums and ahs. And it still manages to get the gist and give me a good explanation. Yeah, I think I remember one day, like, oh, I got the date and time I format. And I couldn't tell what's the date like, when I converted to Brisbane. And I tried to Google that. Google failed me. And I asked ChatGPT, boom. <laughs> like, it was giving me the right answer. I was like, so I was so impressed. Okay. So, sorry, I, I will take us on tangents quite a lot throughout, just as a heads up. That is my special skill. So, yeah, so you finished the nano degree. How did you go transitioning from that and actually getting into a developer role? Like, was that difficult? Yeah. Did it take much time? I think I was lucky in a sense that there weren't too many Android developers then. I mean, it's still difficult to find Android developers now, but I think I, think I feel like there is 10 times more Android developers now than then. So at that time, I think I finished the nano degree in March. And I got my first job in July or August. Good. And during that time, I was like trying to work on my on my own projects because I know that I think before that I was talking to recruiters. No one cares about like your nano degree or whatever you do. I think they they only want me to have some real experience. <laughs> so I think I knew that. Then I was like, where can I get this internship? So then I, I still like try to apply for all kinds of jobs, but I didn't get anything. And at that time, there was a startup in Gold Coast. They were hiring and they were looking for some senior Android developers. So I thought, yeah, I will, I will just give it a go. So I applied. <laughs> then, <laughs> then they replied, they were saying like, now like we are looking for senior developers. You are not senior, so we can't hire you. Then I replied, I said, it's fine. So if you are looking for people to like interns, uh, I can do that like without, without any pay for two weeks. And after that, if you think I'm good enough, like you can hire me then. Because yeah, I wasn't very hopeful that they would reply because they were looking for seniors. But then I think maybe one week or something later, then they replied, they said, yeah, we're happy to have you as an intern. So I worked there. I, I was super happy, and they were in like Gokos at that time. I was like, I would do anything for my first job. So I, at that time, I was living in Springfield. Honestly, it was super difficult. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got my first job in the field as well. It's oh, okay. and I think if you're like if you are listening to this and you haven't broken into a job yet, being willing to show up and work your ass off for nothing. Just to get your foot in the door yeah. is is a like that is often the way to get in. It's a fairly yeah. minor investment for the potential because yeah. once you've got experience, all of the doors start to open. But getting that experience is tough, and it's tough as an employer. And you'd know this now because I'm sure you do hiring mm. now. Yeah, man, it's a gamble taking on somebody with less experience because even if they're working for nothing, they might actually cost you more than. You know, it might still be a negative exchange because somebody that requires a lot of handholding or hasn't got the right attitude to like, okay, I will sort this out and only, I'm not expecting you to hold my hand. Like that attitude is, is often hard to find. And so if you're willing to front up, I, I feel like you need to be almost willing to front up and show your skills or if not your skills, your attitude 
and the way that you work just to prove that you mm. won't be a burden to the company. Yeah, yeah so yeah, awesome I'm very that, grateful. That yeah, I'm very grateful that they took me in. So at that time I was living in Springfield. I had to drive on the toll road, like the Logan Road. Otherwise it would take me forever to go there. And still, I think it was like, if things go well, it will be like one hour, or 10 minutes drive. But then sometimes I, I think on the oh. highway, there are always like traffic accidents. I think one day someone got killed, then they blocked the whole highway for, yeah, four lanes. Oh, then it took no. me two and a half hours, something like that. So, and oh. at that time there was no like working from home. So I had to go there every day, come back. It was like three hours on the road. Yeah, but I enjoy working there for the first two weeks. Then at the end, I was like prepared to go back. But then they gave me an offer like uh, to start as a junior uh, Android developer, and I was super happy. So I start. I think I officially started in, like working as a junior Android developer in August two thousand seventeen. The the only issue was uh, it, yeah, it's a startup, so it was super small. Then when I started, I was pretty much like doing all the Android work. There was a very experienced like developer, like a female. She was doing iOS and Android at the same time. But then after I joined, she was mainly focused on iOS. Then I was doing Android. So I was, yeah, I was. She just like, there. have it. I don't want this Android crap anymore. <laughs> this is now your responsibility, Anki. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, like the app also has some React Native stuff as well. So I had to learn React Native. That's why I was like, after that experience, I didn't I didn't want to touch reality anymore because at that time it was super. Oh man, in 2017, yeah. oh, yeah. in tw- I used it in first time in 2018 or 2019, and it was so bad. Mm. Yeah, every time we change like update library, the whole thing w- would break. Then it would spend we would spend hours to fix it. It's just horrible. <laughs> I worked there for for four months and yeah, I learned a lot from them. Then remember I said I would do anything for my first job, but then at the end it was becoming like more painful because because of the workload, like it was like staff, it was super intensive. Like people, they would come in, stay in, I think it's like a townhouse for the whole day, then leave late. And I think that's not the, biggest problem and I think the traffic like the transport was the problem as well yeah. eventually it was like ugh. and at that time I was getting like calls from recruiters I'm no longer like the, the one who knew who knew nothing about Android and yeah because I'm already in the Android industry and people started calling me but then still like many recruiters they would they wouldn't trust you, no matter what you say, what you do. So, but I think I was, I'm always like optimistic. I don't, I don't mind talking to recruiters as long as they haven't heard me before. So I always trust that someone will help me. So I think hmm. to, towards like November or December, I got a phone call from, I think it's digital people or something. Yeah. There was a guy called Matthew. Yeah. So then... Then, like at that time, I think the the star was doing very well. Then they invited the whole like business to go to New Zealand for the Christmas holiday. So we went there. But then after I came back, I like submitted my resignation because I got 
my, my job with flight. Oh, so you hung around for the holiday. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Thanks for the holiday, by the way. <laughs> on the plane ride back. Wrong. I reckon you would have no, worked hard enough to preserve that holiday. So no judgment. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> no, I mean, it was still like a very hard decision because I, I know that they gave me this opportunity and I didn't work there for too long. Like it was only four months and I couldn't stay like even for six months. But I think, as I said, it was like just very too difficult for me, like the, the workload, the transport, or the commute. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah. The, commute's the, the commute is horrible. Yeah. I only do two days down to the Gold Coast at the moment. And even now, that's just soul destroying and just so expensive with fuel as well. Hmm. Yeah. Like the M1 is just like, it, it's always something wrong with the M1. Always something wrong. You with do it. go down on a Friday, though, which is the worst day. Friday is. <laughs> The worst day to go on the motorway from about 1 p.m. onwards. But I go down at 5.30 a.m. Yeah. And I come back at like 8 p.m. Yeah, And it's right. always something wrong. But you do that to yeah, miss yeah. the traffic, right? <laughs> yeah, like... but the traffic's still bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about 5.30 is the tradie run. So it is actually still pretty busy on the road, especially in summer around 5.30. When I was mm. driving into the Valley office for a while, I would leave, yeah, like 4.30 to beat the tradie run. I think that's a that's a fair call, right? Especially, yeah, you were saying, like, it's minimum an hour and a half, Anki, each way. Mm. If you've yeah. got family waiting for you at home as well, it's just, mm. you know, there's three hours <laughs> of your day gone, 15 hours yeah. a week. Yeah, I think it's easier for single people so, or for people without kids. Yeah, I didn't have kids then. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy. I'll tell you that. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Two days a week. You didn't even know what you're complaining about. Yeah, true enough. Well, I used to do it. Remember, I, I actually moved to Brisbane because I just couldn't stand the commute anymore. Yeah. For me, the only reason I moved to Brisbane, I was just like, I can't do this daily commute anymore. It's just too much. You were also coming sort from, of the bottom, yeah. like I live quite close to the motorway, so it's not too bad. But you were coming from way off the motorway. And so it's like yeah, well, half an hour to yeah. get to the motorway and then you start. You actually feel like you're starting your drive. Well, I, I yeah, because I, I started driving and then I switched over to the train. Sorry, this podcast isn't about me, but the train <laughs> is what killed it. The train is just horrible. You know, every oh. Friday it would just like stop and terminate like four times on the way home and it used to yeah. take hours and hours and hours to get there. I got stuck. Where did I get stuck one day? Random tangent. I was coming home and... I think the train actually hit a car or something like that on the motorway. Uh, uh, yeah, at some point. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and so, like, obviously the trains got stopped both ways. And so I was in Kings something, near somewhere near Logan. And after about three hours, I've, I've, just, I've got on the phone to Natty. Natty, I need to be rescued. I am the only person left here at this random train station in the middle of nowhere. And I don't feel safe. Please come and get me. Fair call. I don't feel I don't feel safe near Logan either, to be honest. <laughs> it was just dark, right? It's like this small station. It's dark. There's nobody I'm, around. I'm there with all my gear. Okay. I'm not the only one. I was there. Like, there was yeah. no one. And then I, I called my wife to pick me up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... I thought let's let's fast forward a little bit. So you got into Android development, you transitioned out of your PhD and postdoc research. You actually broke into the industry. And I minor tangent again, I feel like we should be calling you Dr. Anki. <laughs> yes. I didn't I, know I was supposed to be calling yeah, you yeah, Dr. I feel like we've completely disrespected <laughs> you for the last however many years we've known you. Because I didn't even realize that 
you know, you had a PhD. And so, okay, no, but that's not right. I did realize, but it didn't occur to me that I should be calling you doctor. So from now on, Dr. Anki. <laughs> The rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the episode. Oh, <laughs> no, I think I feel like I want to forget my PhD or research part of my life. Yeah, I just felt like I, my life would be much better if I didn't do that, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, no. All right. Well, now we're going to call you Dr. Anki just to remind you of it, because that is an accomplishment that I feel like you should be proud of. Okay. PhD. I, I hear from so many people, though. I just wanted to say, I hear from so many people who've done PhDs or have like been around the PhD sphere. They just say, "Don't do a PhD." Would you <laughs> fall into the, are you one of these people as well? Just like advising, like, do not do a PhD. It might may actually not be worth it. Like, in some cases, you need to do it, right? But for yeah. programming, especially that sort of field, they just say, "Don't, don't bother." No, yeah, I think I wish I would say I would wish like I started in IT industry earlier, but I think I learned a lot from my PhD experience. I think I felt like I'm very good at project management and I feel like I got it from my PhD experience because like with PhD, you have to plan the whole three year. You have to plan for the one year, like what you do, Mm. how you do it. I feel like oh, I learned so much. I'm very good at project management. I can easily see what we do, who should do what, and what's the sequence of the events. I feel like I wasn't that good before that. So I've yeah, I dedicated my project management <laughs> skills to my PhD experience. So I wouldn't say don't do it. Some people, I think they are good at research. They might be good at research. They should do that. But for me, it's like I'm not very into research. I think the only thing I got from from that experience was the project management skills rather than anything else. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, that's, that's a good segue because, yeah, I was going to say, so you worked in Android development for a number of years, uh, but more recently you've transitioned into like, head of mobile, head of engineering, digital lead type roles. And so hmm. talk us through that transition as well is like, did you, do you prefer that to being on the tools or was that just a natural progression of your career? How did that happen? Yeah, I think I, I always wanted to be like a manager because I think for people who don't know, I think it's actually very hard to be a programmer. Because if you say, if you study IT in the university, you have four years to learn all these concepts, these theories, these little things about IT, but then for someone who didn't have any background, then you suddenly want to be like a developer. It's so hard. I think there are still like some concepts. Every time I have to say program for that, I have to Google because it just doesn't kick in. And I, yeah, I, you need to like for many skills, I think you need to spend a lot of effort and time to actually master the skill. So I think for people who think oh, you can be a senior developer in two years, it's just not impossible for most of the people. No. But I think, yeah, I think for yeah. me... No, that's, that's impossible, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like, I I didn't say stand out as someone who could do programming, like, in, like develop any features. I think I stood out for someone who could, like, do things properly, always read the, the acceptance criteria, and always like always because I think because of my project management skills, I always like will question and say, oh, this ticket may not make sense because because of something, something, or we need to add something to this ticket. So I I always like stand out as someone who who 
like perform a little better than the rest of the people. So that's why I think I became like a senior Android developer, maybe only two years into the Android development field. So <clears throat> yeah, so I, I yeah, I think I'm not the, the guy who is really good at Android developer development like who could do anything. I'm not that quick either. It's just like I could do things better rather than because I think many senior developers they, it took months for them to like finish one feature. Then I was like, well, if you call yourself like senior, I, I'm I'm a senior. <laughs> so so then so I, I became like a senior Android developer when I worked at CBRE, I think it was in 2019 something. Yeah. Yeah, then the one thing I didn't mention was like I think the last yeah, the so I went to say I started with this startup, then I went to Fly Center. But then it was still difficult for me because there was no one else to to work with. So it's always me, myself, I'm doing everything. I decide what's good, what's bad, what's the best practice. But then I wasn't learning from other people, especially the senior people. So then I moved to, uh, at that time I was test group, I think, UBAT, the UBAT team. So the that was the first time I was like working in a team and I really enjoyed that time. The team was really close. I learned a lot from other people as well. Yeah. It's amazing how beneficial it is in early career to have a team of people of different skill levels around you. Mm. Uh, like I, yeah. I really enjoy working as a solo dev, but I, I, I also in, in a lot of my early career was the only Android developer around. And mm. I've, I've seen since then, so like I would get my mentoring from open source projects and podcasts and YouTube videos. So I'd crack open an open source project and see how it worked and, and then, you know, listen to the author of said pod, open source project if they have a talk about it or something like that. And that's how I would get that mentoring. But even though it's nowhere near as efficient as having somebody you can just ask or code review their code and see. So I can definitely understand it's difficult. It's difficult solo dev as a junior to, to to not fall into like the same patterns, right? Because other people will push you. Having a senior round, they'll look at your code and question why you've done it and push you to be better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's very beneficial as as a junior to have that, especially if you're willing to learn. Like if you're yeah. if you get out of your own head and get out of your own way and you haven't got an ego, you'll learn yeah. so much. Even mm-hmm. as a senior, working with other mm-hmm. juniors, you'll learn a lot. You know, if you put your ego aside. Because they always learn things. Yeah. yeah. And you don't know where the hell they got it from. And you're just like, damn, I didn't actually know that existed. And you feel like you shouldn't be a senior. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll do something that you've just, you just wouldn't ever do as an experienced programmer. And you and you'll be like, oh, why don't you just do it like that? Because that's the simplest path. And you're like, you know what? You're right. Let's just do it that way. <laughs> Instead of this super overcomplicated thing that I just came up with in my head. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Cool. So then I started, like, I think at that time I was like not a junior developer at UBED, but then I was just Android developer. But then at that time I was like yep. showcasing my project management skills. There was, I think at that time, like UBED has been required, sorry, acquired by Tapcorp. Then we were changing like the whole app to like a new look, new features. And funny thing is like there weren't any like people who could like manage the Android team. There were people like senior people who could do say the dev work, but then there wasn't anyone to oversee the whole thing. So I like, I took the initiative to be the one who would say, oh, we should do this, this, this way. 
just to make sure that like, the team was working as a team rather than everyone is doing their own work, then there will be like conflicts, etc. So then I got hired by CBRE as a senior Android developer. I think there was a funny, so during that time I became like an Android manager and there was like a funny story about that. So when I joined the team, there was a like Android team lead, but he was very, he was very reluctant to take and like news, new, new things. At that time, Colin was very, I think it was popular. I think it was 2019. Yeah, because before that, we yeah. already started using Colin at Test Group. But then there were like, after I joined the team, there were a lot of frictions with this Android team lead because, yeah, he's he was stubborn. He was not open-minded. And then the last, <laughs> the... The most important thing was like one day I learned that because at that time the app was just using Java, then I didn't know why, but then I learned that it was not allowed to use Colin. <clears throat> so internally, like me and other developers, we had like talks with him and he was very angry and he was like, Colin is rubbish, something like that. Then eventually we couldn't go anywhere. Then we had a meeting with like our manager. Then in the meeting, he was saying that I hate Colin. Then, but then at the end, like we, the manager asked us whether we say if we give like a vote, who would want to try Colin? Then I think, yeah, all of us like raise our hand except him. So shortly after that, he just left. Then I just took over and I started my create like a <laughs> wow he actually rage quit the company so, what a baby so what you're saying is you basically staged a coup and took over the android team by force no i think i think i don't know i'm i feel like i'm not the one who is always taking things as like the what's the the status quo because i joined i think in may then he left in october i just feel like What's the right, not for me, it's like for the team, for the business. But I think this is one thing that we try and we try and highlight in the show as well is like picking the right tool for the job. And honestly, yeah. like Kotlin, if, if your only choices are Kotlin and Java for Android development, then like Kotlin is the better tool for the job. It, yeah. You know, just in terms and, of uh, conciseness <clears throat> and speed that you can work at, and just the like sheer amount, the fact that you write about 30% less code with Kotlin than you do with Java, like in terms of like characters and lines, mm. you just get more done quicker and it's, and you just feel happier about life in general. Yeah. So like I the think... fact that I can understand hesitance to, to migrate a team from like one language to another, but by, but by 2019, it was already accepted as an, as an official language. Like if it was like yeah, pre 1.0 right? and you know not yeah. not supported by Google, well then sure. But at that point, it's already yeah. the de facto. It's already the default. All of the examples that are coming out of Google are in Kotlin and Java. Yeah. Just not to evaluate it is is not the right move. Like you should be evaluating it as a team, especially yeah. as a senior in his position. That was just really non. Like it's it's not how I would expect them to behave. You know, it's just yeah. not the right move on his part. Yeah, so uh, I remember what I was going to say. So uh, I think there before me, there were like other developers, like senior ones. In the meetings, when we were discussing, they weren't saying anything. Then <laughs> I was very surprised. Like Then I asked them like after the meetings, then they said, like, we already went through this and nothing happened. 
<laughs> then, then that's why they just gave up. But I, I think I wasn't like giving up. And I was like, I think I always you know, question people like, why you, if there is a better way, why you don't do that? I think it's not just to yes. always, I'm, I'm not the guy who uh, who is picking. It's more like, let's talk about things. Let's try something new. Yeah, I guess that's why I started the coup. <laughs> good that you recognize it. It's good that you recognize it. <laughs> yeah, so I think after that, at that time, like it's not very official because they don't have all these titles. It's just like, yeah, I think I, I would say I give myself like the team lead title. And then I was there. I really enjoy working there. Like I hired, I hired some like very senior, experienced Android developers. I really enjoy working with them. I stayed there for almost two years, but then, and at that time I was like moving away from coding. Then I felt a bit lost. I felt like it wasn't challenging enough for me and I wasn't learning much from other people anymore. And also because of the team structure, there isn't anywhere for me to go. So I started mm. looking elsewhere. Then I went to lottery yeah, and then I took the role as the Android team lead. Uh, but yeah, I think since like the, my experience at CBIE, I was more and more moving towards like management, either pretty much like just team management yep. or people management. And I think I really enjoyed that part of yeah the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so it was basically just a natural progression and you found that it was something that you liked. I think that's mm. I one thing that is, is like a common I think, misconception is that you have to like you have to progress into management at some point. I was just about to ask this, yeah. I was just about to say, do you think it's like it's a normal path for experienced developers to go into that sort of management layer? Yeah, I think I'm glad like you asked this question. No, I don't think so. But I think for me it was natural because I always wanted to get into management because I think that's what I do well. That's where I excel. Mm. But I think I feel like when, because I'm managing like a big team now, then I've I've met many people who don't care anything about management. And then what's what's the what, where does their like career go? But then I think to me, I can understand that people don't want to be like involved in management. But I think it's difficult for them to go higher or go further. Because in businesses, like people or the business, they always value people who can make a bigger impact rather than you are just like yourself, mm. your best self. You are like a senior developer who doesn't mentor people, mm. who doesn't support any people. Uh, you are just you are just good at like Android or iOS. That's still good. But then people like the business would rather promote people, other people who are less like technical, but then they can support people, mentor people, lead a, like a project, j- jump in and get the team to through some difficulties. When, yep. yeah, when, especially when we go through promotions, it's not just like one person, it's like you are competing with other people and they are not pr- promoting everyone. Then at that time, if you are just like, yeah. you don't, yeah, you don't like do any management, then you will be less competitive. I think it depends on what you want, right? Like if you're happy being a, yep. like a senior developer in a specific field, like if you only like doing Android development and you're a senior Android developer, you like the team that you're on, you're comfortable like, you know, solving tickets and you're, you just get really good at what you do. Hmm. 
if you're happy with that, like define success yeah. for yourself. If that is success for yeah. you, then you don't need to, you don't need to yeah. progress. You don't need to take a management role. Like there is, yeah. I'd like, I have a lot of respect for people like that. Like it's the right person for specific jobs. And if you're in that job and you're enjoying it and you're a gun mm -hmm. and you just want to be a gun, mm -hmm. then go yeah. for it. Do it. You don't have to progress. I also don't think it's correct even. Like I don't think like progression, progression, progression. It's it's more like moving. Like it's a parallel move actually, I think, to get into management. It's not really a progression up from programmer. I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've never seen the the, the conception that, oh, because I've, because I've been a senior developer, I've been a lead developer, or I've been a principal, right? Those those are upwards progressions, but moving into management is definitely a sideways step for me. Yeah, yeah. It I just, agree. It just definitely has further steps. Yeah, yeah. I think as Sorry, Kelvin I said, I think yeah, like people they should know like what they are looking for. If they are happy, not there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, because I think the funny thing is like because uh, right now we are going say some like a restructure then. People care actually care about their titles. Some people will say, "Oh, I've been here for ten years, yeah. and my title is engineer, not a senior engineer." It's just embarrassing. I think I can totally understand. So I think to me, I think title. Yeah. I, I would always like prefer a title rather than actually like, like a higher salary because it matters. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I only care about the remuneration. What am I getting from the company? That's how I judge my <laughs> success at a company. How much do you pay me? How much do you pay for? And am I able to live more than comfortably, right? I don't care about the title. As in, like, if you want a different title, you can just sort of make anything up. They're sort of worthless at the end of the day. Go and register a company and you can be the CEO. <laughs> yeah, like you can register a company with ASIC for a few hundred dollars. You can just be CEO if you really want CEO to. CEO and engineer. Yeah. That looks great on your, your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Actually, that makes you unemployable. <laughs> I, I do understand yeah. the 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 feeling of wanting to be recognized by a company for your work. Like if you've been there a long time, I feel like regardless of the remuneration around it, and but this comes down to have you earned it? Just because you've been there 10 years doesn't mean you deserve mm. something. Like, yeah. But if you have earned it, you've put in the hard yards and you know that might be a badge of honor for you. Uh, and I can un I can understand that, and so I think it's fair that you, you do get given a title correspondent to the work that you're doing, especially if that's important to you. But again, I I don't believe you should just get it for showing up. You know what I mean? Like you might be there for ten years, yeah. but if you are you know barely pulling your weight, not progressing, not getting better. Like if you want to be a developer forever, that's awesome. Be a developer and be an amazing one. Like do it and do it well. <clears throat> I don't even care if you're not doing it out of your own hours, but if you're showing up to work, give it your all. And then, you know, you'll progress as far as you can. And, and again, I do believe companies should at least recognize you, that in, in the form of the title that you're given. Mm. Yep. Mm. Agree. But I think uh, we might be likely getting off the topic a little bit, but then if you put it in context, then you have been working with these guys for a long time and they are all seniors and you are not, then it is embarrassing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's on you though. I I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, head up, just, you know, own, own your situation. 
Maybe I'm wrong there. And also going to them and saying, I want to be labelled a senior. What do I have to do? Yeah. Like people just sit around and wait for promotions to come. You need to go yeah. and actually say, hey, I'm gunning for this target. What do I need to actually achieve to get there? I, and if they don't give you a pathway, then it's obviously the wrong company to work agreed, for. Agreed, yeah. No, I, I, I saw a Simon Sinek video, which was very similar. It's like, if you want to be moving up, don't go and demand to get paid more and a better title. Rock up and say, what do I, this is what I, this is where I want to be. This is how I envision getting there. Yeah. How do you like? Does that does that meet that criteria, or what can you know? Tell me what I need to do, and I will do it. And work to the role that you, and and to the level that you want to be paid at. Don't expect it to come first. You know, you need to get yeah. to that level first. Mm-hmm. And but just doing it without talking to the company first as well doesn't work, right? You should ask them because what you envision as to what they need may not be the same as what they need because you don't have all of the context in a role as a developer. You don't know the business needs. You don't know, you know, you don't know everything outside of your environment. Whereas somebody higher up who can make those decisions to put you in that position, they will have the context and they can tell you. I think, you know, we are developers. So, you know, like what developers are like, many are, just like what you said, they will work quietly. They don't ask. They don't talk. They don't challenge. They don't challenge. They they are waiting for the company to rec- recognize their work and just promote them. And it doesn't really happen that way. Yeah. You know, if you're in an amazing company with an amazing team lead, then it might. Like a really yep. great team lead will see the quiet people recognize them and value them because eventually they'll leave and get valued somewhere else. Mm. So yeah. it's not entirely the responsibility of the, you know, the developer to promote themselves mm. or go and talk. I, I think you will be better off if you can, and you are willing to put yourself out there and have those discussions, yeah. but in a great team, you know, the team lead will, you know, will have been talking to those people in one-on-ones and recognize mm. their value and fight for them. Because that's, yeah. I, and you as a team lead, I think you agree with me there. It's like, that is, that's the role of a good team lead is to look out for their mm. team and to lift everybody up. Yeah. So no, I, I, I want to move you. us on now real quick because we've been talking for an hour <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even gone on to running an event yet. So we really need to get on to be All right, right, right. Okay, so <laughs> final final part of this and then we'll transition across to talking about the meetup. So since taking on a team lead role, you've progressed even past the mobile space into potential engineering leads and, and even higher up in management. So... How, what was that transition like? And you said you enjoy management. Like, are you enjoying those further transitions? I think like everything else, like the, the path wasn't that smooth. So I think started from CBRE, I still had to code. And I think my coding part like was being reduced like gradually. But then, I, yeah, I still had to code. And before this role, I was actually doing some coding as well, like in the <clears throat> in my current in the team, like in my current company. So it hasn't been very smooth. But then I think I knew. I think it's important. Like it's not just for me. I think it's for everyone else. Like you always have to know what you want, and you have to yeah get there. Try to do everything to get there. So I think before before this role, I was like the Queensland digital lead, like looking after the web, mobile, and QA teams. Then my job was to work with the salespeople, 
utilizing utilization for the team and also like being a, a people manager for my team. So I, yeah, I really enjoy that that role. But then I think in the new structure, I have like a team of almost ninety people. So it's much larger now. Did you say ninety? Nine zero? Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine zero. Yeah. Wow, so, that's a big yeah, team. So, yeah, what I was gonna say, like I agree what you said before, like being a good team lead, it makes a lot of like difference. But then when you have a large team, you can't solely rely on the team lead. You have to do your part. That your team lead should do their part. Then, <clears throat> then we can like work out the best outcome for you. So I think for my current job is. Eighty percent people management, and I really enjoy that. And I talk like pretty much a lot every day. I wasn't expecting that, so I. But I think the thing I did well in my previous role was like I look after the team. I I have like say social activities. We went out for lunch, and we have like say showcases to talk about what everyone does. To me, I think going from there to now, it's like a natural process. I think I do have a larger team, and there are still like a lot of new challenges. But I think, yeah, no one, no one was born to have to manage like one hundred people. So you have to start from somewhere, and you, if you do all the right things, then you will get there eventually. Yeah. Agreed. So work's obviously been a big part of your life, but somehow you've managed to run a meetup for the last six and a half years. Next week. In the second part of our conversation, we'll delve into how Anki started the Brisbane mobile app Meetup, and the ins and outs of running such an event. Stay tuned for more insights and tips on managing developer meetups and the upcoming DevFest Brisbane. Thanks, everyone.